Welcome to the River D Centre podcast. Listen back to the Sunday worship message recorded live in our church building in Flint, North Wales. my title uh, for today which I, I really love everyday faith <clears throat> we're gonna I just want to recap on that I know Ben kicked off uh, last week and um, the subtitle is being a leader of one uh, leading yourself so we're going to link those two things together today and um, my time is short and I've got such a lot to say so can you throw a, a rope out about quarter past 12 and drag me off okay so I've got uh, just a few moments there <laughs> we'll leave that to Jane Jane can do that okay praise God so everyday faith ordinary everyday faith and I think you know I could I could sit down now couldn't I because we've had a, a great testimony about ordinary everyday faith and the prayer that comes out of of uh, the mouth and the life of Marianne with her family there. But everyday faith is a balanced faith. You know, one that takes the rough with the smooth. It's not tossed about by every wind and whim. A faith that's willing to plod. You know, and we, we're in awestruck of people who've got this dynamic uh, ultra faith. But, you know, God wants us maybe to have that sometimes, but he wants us also to have a faith that is willing to plod and yet is a faith that waits on the Lord as well intention you know because we don't know this might be the day of a sudden miracle you pass your test it might be a day of a sudden miracle where something changes that you've been praying for and we don't know that it could be the last day on this earth when the Lord returns with his second coming we're supposed to live in that tension you know, of we plan for a thousand years and yet we live as though the Lord is going to return today. This everyday faith is one that has settled the questions and objections that are thrown at us as Christians. And sometimes that's from ourselves. The voice, our own voice, you know, causes those doubts to come. Our own mind of doubt. It could be the world, it could be the devil himself who throws these objections to your faith that you want to live out in that everyday living. A faith that doesn't second guess self or God on everything. You want your faith to be settled, don't you? You want your, your everyday faith to know that it's settled. And, um, you know, those questions, and now you've got your questions, you've got those doubts that came to you maybe when you started your journey of faith. Uh, I've just picked three. Is the Bible completely true? Every word, is it true? Every word, is it the word of God? Second one was, can I trust Jesus as the son of God? Is he really who he says he is? And lastly, you know, if God is who he says he is, then why is the world and my life like this? And I know that those are the questions, those are the doubts that... Uh, pummeled and, and you know attacked my everyday faith as a Christian 
Um, we put our faith in the word of God, don't we? And as the Christians, as Christians, the gospel is the message, the good news of Jesus. Uh, we can trust the Bible. I, I'm standing here now. We can trust the Bible. I'm not, I'm not entertaining any doubts about the word of God. And at the start of my Christian journey, uh, those doubts came towards me. And I made that decision to accept by faith that the Bible, the whole Bible, was true. And if you read the Bible, you know, it, it's not easy to read some of the, 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 the books, some of the stuff, and you're thinking, oh, well, how does this add up with that? And I, I've, I came, you know, uh, we, I quoted the verse last week, uh, we live by faith and not by sight. Well, that doesn't mean to say that we live with blind faith. Blind faith is a fool's faith. Blind faith doesn't sit on something. It doesn't stand on something. And so, you know, when I made that decision uh, to accept by faith that the Bible was true, what I based that on was this, that we are looking, and I felt the Lord shared this with me, that we're looking now here where we are from a perspective that cannot see it all we can't see we don't we can't see everything from where we are and that two things can be complementary when at first they seem contradictory okay so we're going to be i'm just going to unpack a little bit of this you know you could say uh, our late queen queen elizabeth we could say that she died at 70 or we could say she died at 93 that sounds a contradiction, but in, in fact, that's true. As queen, she reigned for 70 years, and she died after 70 years of being a queen. She always had two birthdays. We always make a point of that, don't we? But in actual fact, she died at 93. I remember Warwick Shenton, if anybody remembers Warwick uh, from years ago, and he said to me that in the original language that the scriptures were given, they are the perfect word of God. And we know three and a half thousand years, two thousand years later, you know, our translations uh, are as best as they can be. But we know that the word of God is true. Trusting Jesus. You know, can I trust Jesus as the son of God? Is he who he says he is? And, you know, th that faith level, we don't want to be going up and down like a sine wave, you know, bottoming and then topping and ups and downs, highs and lows. We want our faith to be strong and steady. And so we've got to trust that Jesus is who he says he is. And trusting Jesus as the Son of God and Saviour is a definite faith step. It's not going to happen by proofs here and proofs there or, you know, I feel good today, Jesus is the Son of God. When I'm on the low, oh, is he who he says he is? Um, when, when one is born again, we accept Jesus as the Lord and Savior, as one who is alive and by faith, everyday faith, we stick by that decision and commitment. And we, we have to know in our hearts, by faith, that he is who he says he is. And we believe that every day, till death us depart, no, for now and into eternity. Jesus is the Son of God, and he is the one who he says he is. He has promised, and Ben's quoted this already this morning, he will never leave us or forsake us. And even though sometimes we do have our downs and, and ups, 
he stays the same. And Jesus, you know, he, he said to his disciples, doesn't he? Doesn't he? Uh, you know, uh, who do you think that I am? Who do you say that I am? He wanted the disciples to confess with their mouth who they really thought Jesus was. And we know that at the end of that uh, discourse, uh, the disciples said, you know, to, to Jesus, who he, who, that he believes that he was the Messiah, the Son of God. And Jesus said to that disciple, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you. Uh, this has been revealed to you by your Father in heaven. So believing that Jesus is who he says he is, is by faith. All by faith. If God is who he says he is, then why is the world and my life like this? You know, and that comes very often, maybe at the beginning of your faith, but then it can resurge when things don't quite go the way you think they should go. And I'm going to just finish on that particular um, subject. You know, everyday faith must live with this tension of what we see and what we believe. What we see around us, and yet what we believe, well, we believe that Jesus has brought in the kingdom of God, and yet we see war, or we see, you know, people rejecting him. Uh, faith sees the unseen and keeps on believing against all odds through what we actually do see. Uh, the three Jewish captives in the book of Daniel said to the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, king of the whole world, you know, know this. They were going to be thrown into the, the fiery furnace that had been heated up seven times more than what it should have been. And they said to the king, Know this, O great king, that if our God does not save us from this fiery furnace, we would still not worship your gods or the golden image. Their faith kept strong. Their everyday faith was there all the way through the captivity. But when they were put on the spot, it still came through. And even though they could see this king of the world, Nebuchadnezzar, or even though they could see the fiery furnace that they were going to imminently be burnt to death in, they believed something else. They could see something else. They could see that their God was a God of salvation and a God of, of, uh, of destiny. Now, this tension uh, is there all the time, and it's there with our everyday faith. And we've got to be careful about what comes out of our mouth. And uh, You know, I've got a little practical. Is the guitar still on? Yeah, okay. I just wanted to show you something about... We know that these steel strings are tension. They're under tension, aren't they? And uh, this little mechanism here uh, gives the tension to the string. So, sorry about this, Ben. Detune the E string there. So when we play it now, altered it just a little tiny bit. That sounds beautiful, doesn't it? Should we put it back? Three hours later.
Thank you. My point being is that we live in tension. We, we, we see this, but we've got to believe that. Um, and it, it pulls us. But that's okay. God, no, the world lives in tension uh, in so many things. And we see uh, in the scriptures, it says, you know, uh, off the top of my head, uh, bear your own burdens. And three verses later or whatever, it says, bear each other's burdens. You're thinking, hang on, is it this or is it that? No, it's both. It's a tension. And there's a lot of tension in the scriptures. That, that, and our faith, our everyday faith, is in tension. Be careful what your faith confession is. Don't set yourself up for a fall. We can start saying what God is and is not going to do. And I've, I've seen it on really, really lovely, heartfelt Christians, strong Christians. And they've been praying and, you know, God would never do this. And then three weeks down the line it happens. And I just think, well, I wonder what they're going through now because they declared to everyone that God wasn't going to do that. And, um, you know, putting God in a box. Um, I, I love the, uh, is it the God channel? Uh, the, the logo is a box. But God is like, the, the word God is breaking out, you know, and you can't put God in a box. And, um, you know, they say, oh, God would never allow that to happen. And uh, I, I think what they mean to say, really, and what we should say is that it's not God's heart for that to happen. Unless you've got a very definite word from God, then, yeah, by all means, say what you feel God is going to say. But we have to be careful what our faith confession is. We don't want to set ourselves up uh, for, the uh, for the fall. You know, with, with the world and man's evil heart, it could happen. What we think God would never allow would happen, might happen. And you know, there's a tension between passivity. Oh, well, what will be will be. Uh, God will do what he wants. Uh, I've got no say on it. Uh, it's no good me praying. But then on the other, the, the, the hyper faith right over here is, I know what God's doing. God's going to do this. God's going to do that. And you feel as though they're in control of God. So in the middle, there's a tension. And we, that is our everyday faith, our walking faith. And uh, it goes back to, uh, you know, that, that tension between what is there. You know, an, an uncomfortable state of mind where someone has uh, contradictory values, attitudes. You know, we don't want to be living in, t in, in a wrong tension. We want to be settled and know that the way we walk is the way God wants us to walk. Everyday faith will talk the talk and walk the walk. Action will align with belief. So how does that connect with um, being a leader of self? You know, and leading yourself is your responsibility. Leading yourself is what God has given us that uh, freedom of will to do. And it is connected uh, with faith. And I, I googled, you know, what the world, you go on to Google and put in leader of self. Some very, very good stuff comes up. And uh, in many ways they are right. I don't agree with everything. But uh, leading oneself, the world, has, the world has a lot to say about it. Especially in the world of business and the workspace. And uh, now more than ever, I think the world needs good leaders. So... Um, just a couple of things. Uh, 
Self-leadership requires uh, four things, self-discovery, self-acceptance, self-management and self-growth. Some of the points they've pointed out, and again, the first one, self-awareness. And we're going to be looking at this most definitely as our first point. Self-awareness, uh, motivation. You know, you can't lead yourself if you've got no motivation. Decision-making. Someone who leads themselves well, you know, will know how to make decisions and make good decisions. Uh, to be dedicated, to be an influence. If you're going to lead yourself well, that will influence others. It will influence your spouse, your children, the people around you, your workmates, whoever. Uh, empathy, social skills, self-regulation, accountability. So you might ask yourself, well, what's everyday faith got to do with leading myself? Well, the Bible says that we live by faith and not by sight. So as Christians, we're supposed to live out our lives in a different way to the people of the world. So how does that look? How can we really affect someone by the way we live? And, you know, actions speak louder than words. Sometimes we don't have to say much. People will inquire because you're living in a different way. That faith and that leading of oneself speaks volumes. This faith now takes on takes us on a journey of self-discovery of who we are and who we are in Christ and that he loves us so much that he doesn't want us to leave us where we are he wants us to move us on and it's very sad when you're in church and you find some people don't want to move on they don't want to progress and that that's not biblical you know it might not sit comfortably me saying that this morning but if you if you're not willing to progress then you're going against what the, the, the heart of the scripture is trying to say and do. And he wants us to be like him. You're not going to end up being like Jesus, sitting where you are and not being willing to progress. So self-awareness, self-discovery, self-acceptance. I think it hits the nail on the head. You know, you cannot lead yourself if you don't know who you are. You cannot lead yourself if you don't know who you are. And as Christians, we've surrendered, or we should have surrendered everything, all, and, and bowed at the cross of Christ. Um, we should have humbled ourselves, and we should have said somewhere along these lines, I cannot save myself. It was in one of the, the words of the, the songs. You know, I've come to the end, I've run out of time. I cannot save myself. Only you, Jesus, can save me and forgive my sins. And I'm yours forever now and into eternity. So I believe for a Christian, the first step to leaving, leading oneself is to fully discover our identity in Christ. So just turn to someone and say, you know, my, my identity is in Christ. My identity is in Christ. And, you know, it's not that we, <laughs> it's not that we don't lose our own self and our, who we are, but our, our identity is in Christ. And once we s subject ourselves to that, then we have a chance of leading ourselves well. So Ephesians 2, verse 4 to 10 says this, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespass, 
made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in him. Once we surrender ourselves and our identity is in Christ, then we have a chance to understand more about ourselves. God is, is primarily interested in revealing himself to you, but he is interested in revealing yourself to yourself and knowing who you are. You know, one of the, one of the traits, I think, of maturity is knowing who you are. Understanding who you really are. We no longer identify with the old life of sin or shame or guilt. We have been brought from darkness to light. And uh, that fits in very well with our story this morning and song. We identify with Jesus. And without our own identity, identity being lost, we realize it's, all, it's, not, it's not all about me. It's all about him. And in that beautiful reality... We don't lose ourselves. We don't lose our own identity of who we are, you know, Roy or Jane or, or Steve or whoever we are. And yet we are fully identified with who Jesus is. True freedom and leading self well is all in the work of Jesus in us. And um, just to finish a couple of minutes, it says in the Bible, purify yourselves. James 4, 7, 9 says this, therefore submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. And he goes on to say that we should lament for our sin and cut it off from our lives. And there's another verse that says uh, we are purified by Jesus. So there's that tension again. Purify yourself, you know, it's on us. It's incumbent on us. The Lord expects us to make adjustments to purify our own hearts. And that is one of the aids to leading oneself well. To leading self well. Jesus said, didn't he? If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. If your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. This was a metaphorical command to cut from one's life the causes of sin. Leading self at the end of the day still relies on you and it still relies on me. That's because we've got free will. And because of that, you know, it relies on us to say no to sin and what is wrong and a resounding faith-filled yes to all that God has for us. And my last point, and I'll finish motivation leading oneself you've got to have some motivation and if you're going to if you're going to plod until uh, Jesus comes or until the Lord takes you uh, you've got to 
You've got to have some motivation. And my motivation is this. Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commands. Know the word of God. Know the Bible. Know, listen to the Holy Spirit. And obey. Say yes. Say yes. Say yes to the Lord. Because all the promises in Christ Jesus are yes and amen. And he wants us to say yes. So in conclusion, when one leads themselves well, they influence others. Leadership is influence, is a, is a famous quote. You know, you never know who's watching. You never know who's watching. And um, the test of self-leadership, the ultimate test, I think, is when no one is looking. You're on your own. You're in secret. And you are still the same before the Lord as you are anywhere else. And remember this, the Lord has given us others, a family of believers to help us on our journey of faith. It's not a lone star ranger lifestyle. We can live our lives with others that helps us. Leading self and becoming like Jesus. It says, doesn't it, confess your sins to one another as well as unto the Lord. Amen. Thank you.